Welcome back to another episode of Talking Chop. I am your host, Gary Putnick, and today I'm joined by V89 Scott Clements and the former sports editor of the FSVU, Blake Devine. Today we will be sticking to just football and what went wrong in last Saturday's game against UVA, along with looking ahead to the Knolls' next matchup against Louisville this weekend. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Chop. Today I'm joined by Blake Devine, former sports editor for the FSVU, and Scott Clements of V89. Blake, give us a minute, tell us about yourself and what you've done here. Yeah, so I'm back in the nasty for the week. It's good to be back. It's nice and hot. I've been living in Fargo, North Dakota, working at an ABC affiliate up there. So it's good to be back in Tallahassee after uh, just loving my four years at FSU. I was actively involved with the FSVU, also was really involved with Seminole Productions and uh, just love talking Florida State hoops football all that good stuff and um yeah it's uh it's an exciting time of year in the fall football obviously isn't looking good as we've dreadfully gone mm-hmm. through the past three years looks like we're in through another toughie but there's always basketball to look forward to yes you not and, that far away yep i've been told by many people just wait till basketball season because we're a basketball school now so yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting but scott tell the people at home a little bit about yourself all right. Well, uh, my name is Scott Clemens. I'm a contributor for V89 Sports. I think this is my second semester. I want to say. I believe so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my second semester here. So I'm I'm don't have like I'm a little new to the scene here, but I'm getting along with it well, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah, perfect. So we got two sides of the spectrum. We got some on the newer side, and then some on the older side, if you will. So let's jump into some of the FSU football because this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. We're just going to cover strictly FSU football. We have some conflicting schedules and some people are on time crunch. So we're just going to do some football this week, make it short and sweet for all you people out there. So first off, let's just start with the UVA game and how that went. Obviously, FSU fell. They lost that game and it came down to the last minute and they just couldn't get it done. What were your thoughts, Blake? I mean, your initial reaction is frustration, and obviously it was a very frustrating way to lose, but think of the reaction if we had just lost 35-7. to You know, I think the fact that we showed some positive signs on the offensive side of the ball in the first half, the fact that the defense looked good for a little bit, but then obviously fell apart in the end, but there were some positives to take away, which you got to consider moving forward. I think that um, long-term, this was something that can be used as a growing experience, all the costly penalties and the mistakes with tackling towards the end, but you gotta take away some positives out of this because I mean, people kind of expected Virginia to roll over us by 21 after that embarrassing double overtime victory over ULM. I mean, I was impressed by what I saw in the first half and I thought we could have honestly, if we won, we would have probably gone in the top 25 headed into this game this weekend, but now we're one and two. And we're headed into a tough game versus Louisville. And Louisville is not a cakewalk like they were last year, and they've been a little bit since uh, Lamar Jackson left. Louisville played Notre Dame really, really tough um, in their first game of the season, and that was obviously in Kentucky. But this game's in Tallahassee, but home field hasn't been what home field used to be at Doe Campbell Stadium. So I expect us to be in yet another tough game this weekend, this Saturday. All right, and Scott, what did you think of the game against UVA? Uh, it was very frustrating, and I like kind of how what you were saying about how everyone was expecting us to get just kind of just blown out in this game, but I think the fact that 
it was very close, I think made it even more frustrating, especially with the blown lead Boise State earlier this year and how close the ULM game game was. I think this season has just been targeting, uh, like tagging on everyone's emotions this year. And, you know, there are definitely some po- positives to look at from Virginia last week, but there are definitely some like some huge issues that I'm seeing with this team. Like we talked about the defense's collapse last year, but or last game, sorry, but uh one thing that really struck me was how ill-disciplined they were. How what was it? That one drive late in the game where it was four uh where it was four personal fouls in the red zone something like I, that. That I believe they had four personal fouls in the fourth quarter alone. I think it was six total. So not not good numbers to say the least. I believe they had 10 penalties on the whole game. And that's the second I believe that's the second time this season they've had over 10 had 10 or more penalties in one game. So penalties were the story of the season last year and how undisciplined this team seemed to have been and it just continues. And we I guess we all thought that maybe after watching that first Boise game because they did well with penalties, they seemed a bit more disciplined. They seemed to be able to control themselves a bit more, but they kind of flipped going into UL, or at ULM. There were some ugly penalties with Dontavious and all that, with shoving Josh Jack or Josh Johnson's helmet into the uh, dirt. So, can these penalties be fixed? I, mean, I think we talked about this last week. I know you guys weren't on, but can they be fixed? And is there a chance? I think it just comes down to simple execution and it's coaching at the end of the day. And that's why people want Tiger Ted because. It comes down to them listening to what the coaches are preaching, and if you're telling the kids something and they're not executing it, it simply falls on the coaching staff at that point. And I think FSU's always struggled with penalties for the offensive line for years now in crutch situations, but it's just dumb mistakes over and over again, and it's just killing your chances. I mean, you had that game versus Boise State. You had that game versus Virginia. You served the victory to them on a platter have to give it up to the refs for basically giving FSU overtime. We still managed to not score. That was a little ridiculous mm-hmm. as well. Terrible two-minute execution by James Blackman. Some of the reads he was making, I just question. But, I mean, it comes down to, was the offensive line giving him enough time? Probably not. But some of his throws in that drive were very questionable. Well, the offensive line has looked a bit better this year. I think we can all agree on that. Somewhat. It, it's still some, very weak. But it's still improvement. If you if there is any improvement, that's a good sign for this team, and that just shows what Taggart's and his team has been able to do so far, especially with getting rid of the O-line coach from last season. That was a big upside for this team, and now kind of showing some, and very, it may be little, but still improvement nonetheless. So I think we can talk about some other mistakes that were on the field, and it wasn't I guess this mistake really wasn't FSU's fault, but then also transli- or transitioned into a mistake by FSU, and that was the clock keeping on that last play of the game, or the last play, or the second to last play, and the last play of the game for FSU. There's a pass over the middle, uh, Blackman threw, and then uh, I believe it was, was it on Ter- no, it was Keyshawn Helton. Keyshawn Helton got stopped, and then was given the first down. And usually, the clock is supposed to stop once the uh, receiver or runner goes down. And the clock kept running for another three seconds before stopping. So it went from seven to four, and then it stopped until the ball was set. And then FSU ramped to the line and then ran the play that Cam Akers did, where it was a cube, it was a direct snap to Cam, and he ran up the right, right side, and he was eventually stopped to end the game. What were your guys' initial thoughts on this play? Because I know the clock keeping and then the transitioning into the whole poor, I guess, poor play calling, if you will. 
it kind of just snowballed out all at one time. Scott, I don't know what you saw. I mean, when watching it in real time, there was a lot of me screaming at my TV just because I'm still kind of confused as to how ACC referees can have two time gaffes and like within the span of about 48 hours. But look, looking back on it, I if that play if that last play even was called, which I don't really think it was, it. I mean, it was obvious it wasn't going to work. Our receivers have had trouble blocking all year, and that's what you that's what you saw with Tamori and Terry on that right side. Just kind of, he was, I think, trying his best with with the uh, Virginia defensive back. I couldn't get, I couldn't catch his name, but he, I don't, I don't even know if he was trying at all. The first, <laughs> if you watch the highlight, I think somebody zoomed in on Terry on one highlight of that play, and. He kind of stood there for a bit, and then once he realized Cam was coming his way, he's like, oh my, I have to start blocking right now. So he just started to try and do his best at that point. But still, it felt like the whole team didn't know what they were doing. Like only It felt like Cam, the center, and uh, James Blackman knew what the play call was, and everyone else was kind of in the dark. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one person that I've been a little bit disappointed in is Scary Terry. I mean, last year he electrified us during his redshirt freshman year and came out of nowhere, but this year... They've gone through three games, decent numbers, 14 receptions, but only one touchdown grab. And, I mean, he's that go-to guy this year, and I really haven't seen the production I expected. Well, he he is getting double-covered a lot more compared to last season. The go routes don't always work. Black, he did have a very good route against uh, UVA in that final drive. That should have been a touchdown. I think we can all agree on that. But Blackman overthrew it. It was a beautiful stop-and-go, and he... I mean, he did all he could, and then Blackman just couldn't get him the ball and put it in his hands. So, he, I think he, we still got to give him some time. I think he's adjusting to being the wide receiver because he wasn't that he wasn't the guy for the majority of last season. Only until the end, people mm-hmm. started to realize, wow, this kid's got it, and yeah. like he can be something special. But one other guy that has it as well, Cam Akers. He really didn't show up this game, or he he kind of did. I mean, 18 carries, 78 yards kind of got stopped by this uh, UVA run defense. They knew he was their top threat, and they mm-hmm. um, completely eliminated him in the run game, which 78 yards is not a good game compared to what he'd been doing the first two games mm-hmm. at home. So I'm looking for him to bounce back in stride this weekend against Louisville, who does not particularly have a good rush defense. Um, and I think, again, it comes down to the blocking. I thought last year the guy could have ran for over 1,000 yards and like 15 touchdowns. He's that good, but... If, if you don't get blocks, you can't make plays. It's as simple as that. And I think that our offensive line struggled a little bit with the, uh, with Virginia's linebacking crew, and they kind of stuffed him at the line of scrimmage repeatedly. Yeah, I would say uh, I agree with you kind of how the on what you were saying about how the blocking is not where it needs to be. But also there, I think there needs to be a lot of kind of we. Florida State, I think, needs to be a little bit more balanced on offense because if go, going into the game, if your opponent's looking at it, they're like, okay, this is the one guy, then they're going to do everything they can to stop that one guy. And if you can't, you know, use your other assets around you, and Florida State definitely has the talent, I think, to be able to do that. But it's just, it's not going on. But it's improving a little bit. There seems to, Bryles or Kendall Bryles seems to be finding that balance between Cam Akers and then K. Kalen Laburn, uh, I think Laburn actually broke off a pretty decent run against UVA la- last week, but he still hobbled from that injury. 
I mean, he's not as explosive as he was when he not. I'm talking about like way back when he mm-hmm. was recruited. I haven't seen that explosive. He what was he a four star recruit? I believe so, but he's also just not getting the touches. He's not getting as many touches as you'd hope he wouldn't. Because he, he really... looked good during that first game of the year last year before he yeah. got his well, of season course. ended by injury. But he in those few series that he actually played, he looked electric. I haven't seen that this season. No, I just I don't. Yeah, I still don't understand why Bryles is kind of iffy or Taggart is iffy on getting him in the system. And we knew from last game, at least from what Taggart said, Bryles was calling the majority of the plays on offense. So I don't know if that instilled a little bit more confidence in you guys because I know after that first game against uh, Boise, I thought it felt like Bryles called the first half, Taggart called the second, and I was and it felt like complete two completely different offenses. And I know this was technically FSU's worst game offensively this season, but I still think there's I still like that maybe Kendall Browse is just the guy calling plays on offense. I don't know how you feel, Scott. Uh, I mean, I I would agree with that. That seems to be the trend going on in college football right now is that head coaches have kind of laxed off control a little bit or are now just becoming these the kind of CEOs of the team. But I think, and oh, what am I trying to say here? And, uh, but yeah, and I kind of agree with that and, Kind of, and you were talking about the differences between the first half and the second half of the Boise State game, and I think you could see that that maybe Bryles has a better idea of what needs to happen for this team. And yeah. no, I think that yeah, I think that's right, Blake. Do you got anything or? Oh, just looking at the defense right now, kind of flipping the script mm-hmm. for FSU. I mean, I knew that we don't have the best defense in the world by any means. It's a lot of younger guys that are highly touted recruits, but as a unit. They have just not seemed cohesive this year, and I was hoping for a little more from Dontavious Jackson, and that was clearly exposed versus Virginia. I mean, what the heck was that man doing on that two-point conversion? Have you watched the videos I, on Twitter? Yeah, it's that's there, a it's leader a, on your defense, like just making bonehead plays. It was an ugly two-point conversion. Going back to that play, they looked to the defensive line looked to have closed in Bryce Perkins. They looked had stopped him, and. He just ran right, ran left, and then the, he was just most, created chaos. And yes. Just ran into oh nobody. My, just that, shimmied into the end zone. Not, just. Yeah, like it looked like I was like, okay, there's at least five Seminoles about to close in on him at the corner, on the pretty much at the pylon, and then they roll like a wave through right in right in front of him, and then he just strolls on into the end zone. It's for the comedic. Two if you haven't seen it, watch it on Twitter. Exactly. It's really bad. But um, hey, I'm looking at the total defense for FSU. I believe they've moved up. They've moved up to 120. I believe they're at like 122 last week. How many week. points a game? Um, I believe they've given up 111 points total. So that's about 30-some, was I believe 30-some per game, 37 if I'm right. I don't know. I'm not a math major, so I don't do math too well. But yeah, the defense... They're just, it's just meh right now. And then they did, they did stop Perkins. Perkins was, uh, Bryce Perkins was the leading rusher in all of UVA's games leading up to this one. And he wasn't the leading rusher for uh, Virginia in this one, which was surprising. And that's what FSU is really going to need to be able to do this week for Louisville. So Louisville is going to come in and they have their quarterback situation still up in the air with Juwan Pass, Malik Cunningham, and then Evan Conley. All three of those guys can be the starter. It's just who is going to be the starter at the end of the day. We know Juwan Pass just came back from injury. He's He actually practiced today when we're recording this on Wednesday. So Coach Scott, uh, was it 
uh, Satterfield isn't is going to really keep his cards close to his chest here and not show anything to us. So, do you guys think FSU's defense is going to be able to stop Louisville's quarterback situation because they do run the ball a lot with their quarterback? No, not in the second half. I think it could look good in the first half, but as we've learned, this team gets hot in the heat. Even mm-hmm. though it's a 3:30 kickoff. Still pretty hot temperature, pretty humid outside, and I think our team, just the finesse and the ability to, like, I mean, they train the entire summer in the heat, so I'm just baffled by what I see when I see players getting carted off the field, or like, just like Marvin Wilson, was it Marvin or was it Kando? Kando. Kando is Kando had a couple cramps in that game, but Kando it's is like, now also out for the season with an ankle injury, yeah. so he won't be playing this weekend. And that hurts because Kando was supposed to be one of the top two players on the defense, mm-hmm. so that's gonna severely take a huge toll on them. And uh, best wishes to him to obviously get better of from course. that injury. And but that hurts. I mean, that was one of the core. If you name three players that are going to have a huge impact on FC's defense, he was one of those. So, big loss for the Knowles mm-hmm. defense. And the future of this, if you look at this schedule, it's it's not looking like it's going to get much easier for that defense. I mean, you're playing Louisville this week, and then you have NC State, who puts up good points. And then you got Clemson. Clemson. We I don't think, even need to talk I think about every, I think, hell. I think everyone Just, knows what they're, what Florida State's getting into when they play Clemson. But on I the think, road. I yeah. still think the I still think Florida State has some winnable games on this schedule. Like I, Wake Forest. I think maybe Wake, Wake's a winnable game. Syracuse hasn't been playing too well. I think that's a win. Miami. Miami could, that's a rivalry you can never game. Tell. That's a anything. Boston can happen. College lost to Kansas. Embarrassment. Yeah, we don't. Well, we don't know what to make of Kansas now with Les Miles there. So we, I think that's kind of a wait and see situation for that game. But we're getting too far ahead right now. Let's still keep it back to Louisville. Uh, Scott, or sorry, not Scott. <laughs> Uh, what do we got, or what do you have going into this one? Uh, I, uh, predict, score prediction, or... Or what do you have, like, do you have anyone, sorry, I'm sorry, I know your name is Scott, I was thinking of Scott Satterfield at the moment, but, uh, what do you have on Louisville, and who do you think, other than the quarterbacks, who do you think is going to be making the biggest impact for them? Uh, I'm, on offense, I think it's definitely going to be a 2-2 Atwell, and I think, uh, some... I think someone had mentioned that during a Tomahawk talk on Monday night, but mm. he's definitely their best receiver and is definitely going to be a guy that I think kind of similar to how Tamari and Terry was last year, that deep threat, very kind of very fast kind of player, and I think he could torch a couple of our defensive backs. But on the uh, defensive side for Louisville, uh, Rajay Burns has had a very impressive season this year he moved into kind of the nickelback spot on that defense and i he's definitely their defensive leader right now and i think with even though our offensive line has shown shown improvements this year we know kind of how shaky they still can be and he could uh burns could potentially wreak havoc in tallahassee saturday yeah ironic now that burns will be playing on the other or for the other team for against florida state so that's going to be interesting to say the least. I don't know. Do it's this Louisville team's just an, a kind of a weird team coming into this. They struggled a little bit against Western Kentucky this past weekend. They won. Was it thirty? Forty-two to zero. Yeah. No, Western Western Kentucky. I know they played Eastern. No, that Kentucky. was Eastern. Yeah. And then Western. They uh, was it a neutral site? It I was believe? at um, Nissan Stadium, the te- home of the Tennessee Titans. So yeah, they won that game. Well, they handily, handily were up 
31 to 7 at half. Yeah. They kind of let the, the break slide. So I don't know if they uh, struggled by any means against Western Kentucky and playing Notre Dame, who's a top 15 program, top 10 arguably. I think this team is on the rise, and Louisville had a terrible season last year, but I mean, this is no team. There's no easy victories in the ACC, and that's something that Florida State has struggled. I don't know what the record is the past three years, but FSU is not taking care of business against in-conference opponents, especially mm-hmm. at home. I, I believe, or in the last three years, I believe FSU is one and two against Louisville, because I remember the loss to the two losses to Lamar, both in Louisville in in Tallahassee, and then last year FSU got the win in Louisville for the first time in a while. So Louisville's had FSU's number for a bit now. I know the tides might be turning and things are changing in both programs and both kind of teams are in transitional phases. But let's we can get into some predictions right now. I think this is the right time for it. But I think FSU is going to come out well. I think their offense is going to be clicking. I think the defense is going to slow down. It's going to be a problem this game for both teams. I think that heat is really going to be a, a high-scoring affair. Yeah, I, no doubt. It I, could be similar to Boise State type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I have I have the score. I believe I said 30, uh, 35-33 or something like that on uh, Tom Ock Talk the other day. I can check that just to be sure. But I have it somewhere in the 30s range for both teams. So it's going to be a shootout in my opinion. But... I don't know what you guys see, and who do you think is going to be the MVP for, for each, let's say for the winning team, because I got FSU. So yeah, I got FSU too, 38-24, so not as tight as the last few, but a good victory, a comfortable victory, something that really um, gives Willie Taggart a little bit of confidence, because, man, that guy's on the hot seat right now. But I think uh, the guy that we're going to be talking about on Sunday is Cam Akers. I think that he has a chance to go for 150 rush yards if all goes well, um, and he could run for about two touchdowns and maybe catch one. Those are my like predicted fantasy stats if you want to get really <laughs> in-depth on it. Um, and I think for Louisville, um, their receiver is uh, Tutu Atwell, like we were saying. The guy already has four touchdown catches. He's getting one at Doak on Saturday. So watch out for him. Our corners are not great. I mean, they're they're young, they're talented, but I think this guy's gonna just absolutely burn them. We'll see. And with, well, with Tutu Atwell, how big of a factor does the questions at quarterback play into this? Because if you don't have the right guy to get him the ball, a receiver isn't as effective as he should be. It is true, but this guy's just shown a natural ability. I mean, literally four out of his eleven catches have been for a touchdown, and he mm-hmm. has a twenty-two average or twenty-two, yeah, twenty-two yards. For catch, I mean that he's big play. He gets open down the field and makes makes his opportunities count. All right, so we got two for FSU. Scott, you want to make this a sweep, or are you gonna go the other way? Well, let's go for it. I think it's definitely gonna be another kind of close shootout, like our last three games have been. Which for me, as a fan, I'm not sure if I can emotionally handle that, but we'll see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I think what the the key player in this game is going to be James Blackman. I think we were talking about before kind of how he misread some coverage. He blew that deep ball against Ter- blew that deep ball against Terry late in the game. He definitely was not at his best versus Virginia and for FSU to win this game, I think he'll need to have a better performance and bounce back and I'm predicting he will and I'm going to say in a close shootout Florida State 38-31. 38, wow. Okay, I just checked. We hit the PAT. Ricky cashes in, gets carried off the field. 
Well, the special teams have been the one upside for FSU this year. Ricky's been perfect on his field goals and point afters, knock on wood for his sake, really. But the punting has been good now, even with Logan Tyler being on uh, suspension after his whole situation. We're not really going to get into that. The but, bird. Well, <laughs> allegedly, we don't know it all yet. But, yeah, so the special teams has stepped up and they have played well, so... It's really credit to them, and they've been one consistency so far this season for Florida State, and it's it's been refreshing to not have to worry because special teams can really make or break any season for any team, like especially with punting and kick returns and that whole situation. But is there any others, uh, anything else you have on Florida State football? I, mean, I know this is yeah, going to be I mean, probably... Yeah, I mean, Florida State, this is a must-win, and I think that's... We've been saying that for a lot of games, but I think Virginia, we assumed we were going to lose. And we did, but we almost won, which made it even more frustrating. But if you don't win this game versus Louisville, I don't think you're going to a bowl game. It, you start off 1-3, and three, and the, found, the fan base is already turning on him as is. I just, if you don't pull this game off, we're in for a whirlwind of... I mean, the stands for the next game for NC State, this, there might be like 25,000 people well, there if we go 1-3. and three. I believe the next weekend, this uh, the NC State weekend... Is on, Parents Yeah, weekend. it's Parents Weekend, so I think the stands will be fine, but this weekend is going to be the question for the stand, like the amount of people that are going to be at this game. I'll be there, but well, I'm yeah. on a road trip to I, see it. I don't think the students give a hell about the team anymore. No, I don't think they do either. It's just that's the vibe that I've been getting from a lot of students on campus just talking with kids in class. It's Nobody just like, cares. They, I think They'd rather they, watch one of the good teams play in prime time and mm-hmm. sit on their couch and drink a beer. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think the consensus is like everyone I've talked to, granted not everyone is really knowledgeable about football, but a lot of them just say, oh, we suck. Just, we suck. Why do I need to care about this team? Why should I? But I still think this team has a chance. I still believe they can make a bowl game. I, I can see... I legitimately FSU can win these games other than I'd say Florida and Clemson or Clemson's a loss we can give that as a wash Florida God wouldn't that be a great win that, Willie would save his job we could go 3 and a 9 but if he beat if Clemson he beat, on the road he would have 2 years guaranteed Well would Willie still have his job if he loses every game but oh, he beat if, but, but no, if, if he, he beats went Miami, 1 and 11 but beat Clemson or sorry t- he's one, he has already got one okay. win so if he went 2 and 10 but one of those wins with Clemson, I think he would save his job. I think so too, and even I, he'd even have his job a lot more secure if he beat Miami and Florida along with Clemson. But that's the likelihood of all of those coming together. He's no Jimbo. <laughs> He's no Jimbo. I guess that's right. It's it's a whole it's a new man, new system, new new program for FSU. Really, it's not the same thing that we saw before. But this these the, these games are winnable for FSU. I think Louisville, NC State, Syracuse, Wake. Miami's coin toss. That's my. That's the rivalry game. BC, Alabama State should be a win for this team. I don't know, Scott. Do you think? Where do you see this team kind of panning out from here? I think. I mean, the hot seat's definitely on for Taggart. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give the whole lemonade thing more credence than I think it deserves. But, but boosters, credit, to, credit to them. I think they're giving the money to uh, pay for tickets for kids to go to the game this weekend. So credit to them. They're doing yeah. something good there. They've taken a bad situation and kind of flipped it, probably because a lot of people were dogging on them. But, but, yeah, but yeah, certainly props to them. That's a very good kind of thing that they're doing with that money. But, uh, like, boosters are definitely definitely upset people 
like people are Taggart's definitely kind of feeling the pressure and I think that this is certainly a must must win for him because if we get if we lose another game at home I think the way that we've lost these other two it's not gonna be good and if assuming we win tomorrow I could see us getting to I could see us getting this I could see us getting to six wins kind of that the low level bowl game like what was it a couple of years ago it was like the independence bowl the walk-ons independence bowl in shreveport louisiana against southern mississippi so a good conference usa opponent for the seminoles to take on so yeah i i think i think this team has a higher ceiling than six wins i said this at the beginning of the year i've been saying i still think they can touch seven wins maybe even eight if they play their cards eight's not eight's not not, we're reaching where are those eight coming from because we need to win seven out of our final three four seven out of our final nine games seven well that would mean they have to win every game but clemson at this point so eight's not likely let's call eight eight's not happening sorry eight that was eight gary put his futures bet and he's trying to no 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 what was the level i think seven and a half for fsu i think that was whoever bet the under is looking real great yeah the under is looking good right now for a lot of people considering fsu is probably not going to beat both clemson and florida this season so I think do we got anything else any final words Blake go Knowles hope for the best it's Tiger time <laughs> lethal sim- do we still have that slogan or uh, I, think those, I think those t-shirts are on sale right now okay. at stores around I'm, Tallahassee I'm kind of bummed I won't see the turnover backpack Oh, that that That's the, it's birthday. On. It's birthday was the other day. If you did, you not see my tweet? I put it out on Twitter. Uh, was it it gone too soon? R.I.P. in peace. One year, <laughs> one year. It only uh, not even a year really. <laughs> one year too many. One year too <laughs> many. Ugh. I was that was I believed ridiculous. in the backpack. I believed in it. I'm an optimist, so that's all I got. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talk and Chop. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FSVU Sports. Also subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.